Welcome to the Crucible. This is episode 11. I'm your host, Tiny Grimes. I have a brand new guest, not seen on this on this podcast before, but if you're a Smuggler's Den fan, you'll probably remember one Tyler. What is happening, Tyler? How are you doing? What's up? Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Keep so, Tyler, um, when I think of you, I think of you as one of the many awesome SoCal card player friends that I have. And nice. what's cool is we're always playing some game, right? So it'd be like, Tyler, what are you playing now? Like we all played Star Wars CC or LCG together. Then we kind of yep. all went our separate ways. What's been so fun about Keyforge is it's brought us all back together. I don't know if it's going to be temporary yeah. or permanent. What do you think, Tyler? Does this feel like a big thing to you, a minor thing? Where are you at right now with Keyforge? For me, I think it's like the perfect game, personally. Whoa. And I think it's like, it's great because of, as you've talked about previously on your podcast, like the entry point is so low that it's so easy for people to be like, yeah, I'll play that game. And they can play it a lot or they can play it a little, but it's easy for them to participate. And with my busy schedule, it's like so great to dive in as much as I want or as little as I want. Uh, and so that's like, the, it's just, it's the game that I need right now. And that, so for that, it's a big deal for me, but I think for everybody else, it can be like a mediocre to good game that they play on a semi-regular basis, which means a very large, um, pool of players, which is great for the game. Yeah. I, I like how you put that. It's the game for me right now. And I feel the same way during the school year, I just can't get out of the house. And so it's perfect. Um, and then if yeah. you, if you're way into some other game, it's such a great secondary game, right? You're like, I bought three decks. I'm ready to go for the next five years. And you're like, okay, cool. Let's play. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's great. I love it. I'm very, uh, I mean, every time I play, I'm like, I love this game. <laughs> I feel the same way. Uh, yeah. I want to real quick say thanks to the newest Patreon supporters, uh, Shoeshine, uh, John, Chisel, Citizen X, I, I got to give a special shout out to Citizen X. He has actually hooked me up with a deck, Tyler. And yep. um, I'm happy, but you're not going to be because you live in SoCal. Nope. This deck right here is going to dominate SoCal until it gets chains or a ratted. One of the two. And one of the two are going to happen, in my opinion. <laughs> I think a ratted is going to happen. So I'm just going to give a little yep. preview of what the show is going to be about. There is a sure. broken, I'm going to say broken, like I, I'm a bit hyperbolic, so Tyler can see if he wants to rein me in, but I'm going to say this is a legit broken deck because it can win in one turn without interacting with your opponent, which is very problematic. Uh, it's out there. I'm going to propose an errata for it, and we're going to hope that FFG goes, Tiny, you're a genius. That is exactly what we're going to do. All right, but before we do that, Tyler, how much keyboard did you play this so week? so many times. <laughs> How much Keyforge did you get to play this week, Tyler? Oh, um, I probably played uh, um, 12 games, something ooh, like that. Ooh, uh, good. Pretty good. Played in a sealed tournament last night. Um, took second and got to play around the house a couple times because my awesome girlfriend plays, and she loves the game too. Ooh. And then played at Monday night, just casual play, against Neil, the real deal, and oh, uh, and our buddy Ben from Smuggler's Den um, a bunch. Uh, and they were all awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm so jealous that, that your uh, significant other is playing the game. Um, I'm really hoping to get my daughter into the game. 
but she's been burned, right? Like I tried to get her into the Harry Potter card game and Star Wars Destiny and all those games. She kind of liked them. And then once the deck building element came in at all, she was like, I hate this. And I keep telling her, there's no deck building. I'm just going to hand you a deck and you can play it. And she's like, ah, pass. She doesn't believe you. Yeah. Let's play something different. So for me personally this week, it's been a bit Keyforged light. Uh, I didn't Mm -hmm. get a chance to get out this week. And I'm going to make an admission, Tyler. Uh, I've been playing some uh, Artifact that just came out. I've been playing some uh, Magic Arena. So I'm being split in several directions. But I do love Keyforge. Uh, John and I are getting out to a tournament on Saturday. We haven't figured out which one yet. But it's going to be super fun. And I'm hoping to bring the Busted Deck. Just to to make John mad. Everyone's going to love that. Oh, yeah. You're going to be like, this is really fun, Tiny. You're the best. Not to derail too much, but just super quick, would you recommend Archive for Keyforge players or not recommend it? Recommend Archive? What do you mean? The Artifact. Sorry, Artifact. Oh, I would I recommend it. Artifact? Um, yeah. I'm going to make a whole video about the, the issues with Artifact, but the game itself mm-hmm. is really fun. If you're willing to spend like 50 bucks, then you're going right. to have a really fun experience with a really good deck. Uh, but if you want to be a casual player who just has artifact and is hoping to grind and progress, that's not there. Think of Hex. Think of all of these other games that actually failed because they didn't have that element. That's what artifact currently is. And my guess is Valve is going to realize that's a huge blunder and they will fix that aspect. But we'll see. We're hoping. Cool. All all Artifact players are hoping that will happen. All right. Uh, So let us get to the meat of the show then, Tyler. Um, I found it kind of interesting, and I feel so happy for you that I was like, Tyler, let's talk about the broken combo deck. And you were like, what broken combo deck? And I was thinking, yes, this is why Keyforge is awesome, right? Because, like, it's just a thing where not everyone can just be like, oh, there's a broken combo deck. Yeah, Yeah. I built it. Everyone at the shop has it. You have to be lucky enough to actually own it or be a total tool bag who plays someone else's broken combo deck online and beats them with it, which, by the way, is happening all over the place and people are getting really pissed sure. about it. All right, so, Tyler, yep. what do you think? What do you think of the broken t- You haven't played against it, right? I haven't. I, to- I totally understand it. And should, do we need to define what it is? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should definitely okay, do so that. So the broken Go ahead. I'll just say this. I just uploaded mine into uh, the Keyforge thing. So if you look up Xanatos the Aggressive, X-A-N-A-T-O-S the Aggressive, you will see my version. My version, by the way, is not a great version, but this gives us, you can follow along with what the key cards are in this broken combo deck. Now, if you follow this show at all, you will not be surprised that library access is the key. I've been saying since day one, bait and switch is not the broken card. Library access is the broken card. Yeah. All right. What's your take on library access before we continue? Have you had many of those games where it just instantly wins the game? I I I haven't had any game. No. The the largest I've ever pulled off of it was against you, and you beat me in that game. (laughs) You got a ton in that game. I I think it was like 11 cards. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. yeah. It was like I pretty much played every Logos card, but I haven't had any of those turns where you get to do two library access or you use oh. 
this this seed artifact to pull it back to your hand and play it again. I haven't had anything like that. Yeah. So most of the time, it's just drawing back up to my six cards and then playing an extra two or three cards to it gets like a, a medium to good tempo increase. It's a it's a good card, but if you don't like build up and plan on playing it, if you don't build for the combo, it doesn't do as much as you'd think. But when you do build for the combo, it allows for these one turn kills that you're gonna describe right now. Yeah. I would say though, just even playing library access regular, if you can get a couple cards out of it, what you're doing is you're both gaining a tempo lead and setting up your hand to only have two colors in it. So you have a greater yeah. chance of having That's another true. effective turn, then followed by yet another effective turn because you're able to use those other two colors. And that's what I think is so powerful about it, just in a vacuum. And then, like you said, there are turns where you're going to get 11, 10, 9, depending on how much you're able to archive. Okay, right. so that's like regular library access. Like regular library access, if it has library access, I'm like, that deck has promise. Now. Yeah, great card. Yeah, yeah. like you said, if you can play it twice, though, uh, Nephilim Seed is a great way to do it. Another yep. way is to play Phase Shift. So what you mm -hmm. do is you play like a couple Logos cards, then you can Library Access, and then you can Phase Shift, swapping your discard pile and your deck which will allow you to, like, next turn... You don't, you don't mean Phase Shift. Phase Shift lets you play a card in a you're, different house. You're right. I meant Reverse you Time. Thank reverse you very much. Time. Yeah. yeah, you play Reverse Time, so you swap them, which then allows you to start drawing off that teeny tiny deck you have, which is all Logos. You grab yeah. your, your Library Access a second time. You play it again. Now you drew up those four Logos cards anyway. Every time you play those, you get two cards because you played Library Access. Now you're drawing yeah. almost your entire deck. And once you get to the point where you do get to draw your entire deck, then it's just over because you keep looping um, reverse time and all right. this crazy nonsense and library access. Now you're drawing like five cards at once and it's just dumb. And you might think like, okay, so what? So you're drawing your whole deck a bunch of times. What is that doing for you? And you're right because that's only half of it. Now what you do is you need phase shift to let you play an out-of-faction card, an out-of-house card, and then you play key charge, and you loop that, and you just go six key charge, six key charge. But you're gonna draw it again because you have no deck, and you're drawing five cards, and you play something. You draw it again, you shuffle it back into its small deck. You play that a second time. You make another key. As long as you're generating enough amber with the cards that you can play, that's the the only kicker in that whole thing. You can generate all your amber and play all your key charges with phase shift and make all three keys. And yep. win. And I will say, someone told me about this deck, uh, Citizen X. He messaged me. He's like, just so you know, Tiny, I have a broken deck. He even shared me the list. And I was like, I don't see how that's so broken. Like, I must be missing something. Let's play. And, uh, yeah, it's busted. <laughs> he, he played it against me. And I was just like, yeah, I have a very strong deck. And I can't do anything. You just just like as long as he lived like turn six or whatever, he just flat out won and there was nothing I could do. Uh, right. And that's very frustrating. Now, the one I have is a much worse version. I don't have the Nephilim Seed, and I'm actually relying on a much more difficult combination, which is Chota Hazri, who is a creature when you play him, you can make a key. Right. And Regal. Yeah. So I have to be able to do sure. a lot more. I'm not even sure. I haven't done the math on it if I can even get 
three keys in a turn because it means I have to play phase shift twice. And so, but I think I can loop phase shift enough by just keep drawing the deck. I think it works. I haven't really looked at it. Um, but yeah, the bottom line is. But it's, it's possible. I mean, like. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's possible. Stuff. It's like, yeah. And so my question to you, Tyler, is does this worry you? Do you think this is bad for the game? Do you think we can just say, listen, there's not many copies of this deck. We don't have to worry that much. Or does FFG need to step in and say, yeah, we knew there was going to be something broken. We'll fix that one. So my answer is I think it's good. I think it's not going to be a big of a problem as we think it it could be because there's not that many out there. But I also think it needs to be changed. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I can agree with all that. There are actually those things. two in SoCal, yeah. though. I have this one. And Chris, last night at a sealed event, opened one of these bad boys. Oh, yeah. And, the, and that's the worst thing, right? He's playing just like random people like, I'll try that Keyforge thing. Let, yeah, sure. Deal me what? in. Give me a deck. And he's like, game over. I'm like, what? Uh, I, what? Uh, wait. What is this? this? What are we game? even yeah. doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, to be honest, I'm a little surprised there aren't more problems than just this one or yeah. maybe we just haven't had enough time yet for, for it to come for people to find those other combos that are crazy but yeah it, i think it's okay that it exists um and the a big thing you sort of touched on this last time is that it's all about the the mashups and if somebody plays a mind barb and kills your library access yeah. you're done yeah. like and now your deck's not that good at winning otherwise i mean there's still it still has huge amber explosion like looking at your deck for instance it still has 13 amber in the deck just from cards alone um and 17 action cards so it it's still it still gets to do stuff but at the whole time you're just building to do the combo and then someone's able to stop it then mm -hmm. th that's the, its own meta that's like decks that aren't going to be the one turn kill decks need to have a way to stop the one turn kill preemptively or artifact right. kill artifact destroy or capture yeah. I can really help with the Nephling Seed. Yeah. Um, and, so there's still ways to play around it, although not as much as in other games, games right. like Magic. You can have a counter. Or yeah, something you can't because you know you can't choose to put those cards, and you have to just be like, right. "Oh God, I need Mind Barbs. Let me look through my decks and see if I have a good Mind Barb deck." Like, that's tricky. Well, uh, that's what I think is going to be really interesting is that, you know, you've been talking about I have one deck. Um, that is is logos dis shadows and it's very mm. controlly you know lots of creature wipe lots of it's got it has library access in it it has um bait and switch you know it's a good control deck that can crawl its way up to amber while staying in control of the game the whole time but that deck is does there's nothing to control against right. um the one turn kill so that so my deck might not do that great because it can't stop the one turn kill but I have another deck that has three mind barbs and like three cowards ends. Oh, in it. yeah. And at first I was like, nah, this is okay. And then Neil played it against me and wrecked me with it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's those odd decks that, um, you know, I think Mike was saying this on the last episode that it's like, it's all about the mashups. Like, you know, it's, it, no deck is inherently completely good by itself because it's they're never in a vacuum. It's always going to be against what other people can put together. And I think people will choose to bring decks that might have different um, uh, advantages to it because of the one-turn kill. And that's the part of the game that I think is good, that if it's just all Logos, Dis, Shadows deck, it's not as much fun. Yeah. 
I will say I'm I'm actually one and one against the deck. Um, the first game I got destroyed. I actually have a really good four horseman deck too. I don't I don't that one I just opened at our sealed event. Um, nice. But that one is really good, and I was able to beat him by exactly what you said. I just had a feeling he was getting close to the combo. I just mm-hmm. did a random mind barb, hit his library access. Next turn, I played Nexus, which lets mm-hmm. you you know reap use their artifact. So he yeah. couldn't put out the Nephilim seed because as soon as he did, I would just be like, uh, so then he goes yeah. to kill him. I have another one, and uh, the dude who soaks damage, the Phantom Menace. His name cannot be Phantom Menace. Whatever that guy's <laughs> name is. Uh, I put him next to him, and I'm like, all right, what are you going to do? He could not win because he just he had to draw through his whole deck again to get to, to get the access, and he just yeah. couldn't set it up a second time before I could beat him. And that's the reason why I don't think it's, like, a game-breaking. Like, maybe the deck is broken. I know you love saying that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Everything's people are broken. saying it. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I'm not as quick to say that it's broken as much as it's just not fun. Like, oh, yeah, that's for somebody sure. does it. I mean, it might be fun to play, but when someone does it to you, I don't think it's it, it's not a fun thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And so, it takes forever, like, too. The final point that I think that eventually – I think it should be errated that library access doesn't get redrawn or has a limit or – it, there's a maximum one library access in effect at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, any one of those. And I think uh, you said you had your own ideas. Um, but I'm, I would welcome any of that just because I don't like playing against someone who's like, all right, hold on, you just sit there while yeah. I do like 25 things, just like you said with Destiny. Like yeah. nobody likes it when it's not not one action, one action, and it goes one action, 20 actions. So yeah. I, I would like to see it go away because I think it just – it it brings in more competitive play as opposed to just you. Like, yeah. did you get your combo? Yes or no? Okay, we'll just check if you win or lost based right. off of that answer. Um, um, the crazy thing is it takes, like, 60 actions, too. Like, it takes a good, yeah. like, 5 to 10 minutes to win, where the person's just sitting there, and they're just like, are you going to win? You're like, yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, maybe you'll make a mistake. I guess let's do it. Let's see it. And you're just like, rrr, rrr. like, it is not a fun experience to sit across from someone doing that. All right, are yeah. you ready for my amazing solution, Tyler? Please, hit me. Okay, hit me. it's already in the game even. It's called the rule of six. Instead of having this ridiculous mm-hmm. thing where you're like, it only applies to these things, just make it apply to everything. There is no reason yeah. bait and switch needs to hit more than six times at once. There's I no reason that. you need to have um, a loot the bodies get more than six. That's a whole freaking key, Tyler. That is plenty yeah. So if you limited the library access to only triggering six times, that is great. You wrecked them. You got six free cards. It doesn't have to be a thousand, Tyler. It just doesn't. And, and it's so it's such an easy change. Yeah. You just change it in their online rules only. No yep. additional errata or reprint or anything needed. They just say, oh, actually, it's going to meet everything now because that's an that's easy fix. I, I think that's a it's great dang reasonable. All right, what was yeah. that? I, I think it's a great choice. I mean, that's a good... Sorry. I, yeah, yes. I think it's awesome. Yes. All right. We got there. Now, I, I seriously think that is the answer. I thought that from the beginning. And the, the hilarious thing is everyone has always thought that was the case, right? Like when you would bait yeah. and switch someone, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Rule of six, man. You don't get more than six. And you're like, oh, for some insane reason, FFG doesn't apply this to bait and switch or library access. So yeah, I, I think that also just increases the game because if somebody spent the whole game earning a ton of amber and they did well to get that, yeah. I don't love having cards that just 
wipe all that away completely. I, I mean, taking six amber is enough of a victory, I think. Like I, any card that gets you more than six amber, I think is you know a little unbalanced. So I'm a I'm a fan of that. Any card that lets you draw more than six cards, I think I'm a fan of it being nerfed down. So I'm in support of that idea completely. Okay. And and like you said, it'd be the easiest change ever. You change like so, two words so total and you fix it. Yeah, that and in FFG's style of how they errata stuff, like mm-hmm. it, they don't want to reprint things. They don't want to have to have like a tournament list of to like things you put together. They're always really hesitant to do that, even though they, they will, but yep. it takes a long time. But that's a really easy switch and it could happen after the first tournament cycle or whatever, yeah. you know? Where it's like, oh, hey, every, you know, five out of six decks that win are doing the same combo. Like, yeah. eh. Right. Uh, the other thing is FFG is usually a big fan of max three. Like, that's just a thing in almost every FFG game I've played where they're like, this thing is too strong if it can trigger more than three times. We don't even know if it'll be able to. But we have creative players. So everything seems to be max three. So I was a little stunned when they were like, Max, whatever. It felt like Richard Garfield was like, Max, three. Screw that, FFG. Let's get crazy. So, yeah. 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 All right, cool. So we have the fix, hopefully. Uh, So the next thing I want to talk about today, then, is something that I've been feeling for a while that the best... So I was always thinking the best decks had to have shadows because you have to have a way to really interact with your opponents. And I still feel like you want that. But I'm actually wondering, Tyler, if I was wrong. And the faction you have to have is untamed because you have to have a way to make a key out of the key forge phase. And they have two ways to do it. And without that, like I have a lot of decks. My horseman deck is awesome. It wins almost every game. But against that deck that can just keep stealing a little bit here, a little bit there, sure, I'll get a lot of amber, but I fall behind in tempo. Or I were even even, and this happened like in the sealed against the sealed event against Ben. He was way down, but he made like one key and then two keys the next turn and came out of nowhere to win. And that's how I yeah. usually lose lately is on those. I'm beating them, I'm beating them. Boom, two keys on a turn, and that just feels like the way to win in Keyforge. Yeah, I think that that's also a response to heavy shadows. Like, yeah, I mean. It makes sense that you're like good decks need to have shadows so that that they have a tempo change and all that jazz. But tempo, shadows is really only good at stealing amber. I mean that's what they they excel at it, but they're not good at you know forging keys out of turn exactly as you just said. So untamed, I, I just I love the balance. That's another reason why I love the game is that untamed is kind of like half their cards are like, eh, but the other half are like, oh yeah, these are the ones you need. Exactly what you're saying and. I, I think it's great. I mean, I totally get your perspective that having either the, I can't say his name, the creature that is um, key charge or yeah. key charge in your deck is like, uh, yeah, I think all the top tier decks need to have that or the Mars equivalent or Epic Quest is fun, but not, it's really difficult to pull off. So there's yeah. there's a, more ways than just those two to forge keys out of turn, but. Those are the um, easy ones that I found. Yeah. I, I agree. Just the the ability to be like, okay, I reap three times, I have seven amber, and now I forge a key, yeah. and you can't do anything about it is is such a good tempo move because I I can think of like thirty times just off the top of my head that are like, oh yeah, I got to six or seven amber, but I even I know oh I'm not gonna be able to forge a key because it can I can see it on your board, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. 
or just they're playing shadows and you know like i got to eight but i know this doesn't mean anything like you haven't played shadows in two turns we all know you've got several good shadows cards in your hand ready to wreck me i'm gonna get to eight anyway just to try to get them out of your hand so i can get to eight the next turn and maybe actually forge whereas if you got untamed and also the cool thing about untamed is it forces them to play cards like bait and switch in less desirable moments because mm-hmm. you know it's less likely they're just going to get to eight and sit there. They're probably going to be forging from like three, right? So even if they're at, say, four and you're at one, you're like, this may be the best bait and switch I get. I should just use it here. Whereas against a non-untamed deck, you're like, nah, nah, I'll get I'll get a big hit on them later. I think that's what's so interesting when we get to tournament play and you get to look at your opponent's Ooh, deck. I know. You know, that, that you get to look and be like, all right, do they have out of turn key forging do they have you know bait and switch do they have board wipes you know and then playing around that like are they weak in creatures in this section should i make sure to kill those creatures so that they don't have their combos especially like brobnar is a ton of creature interaction um and i i've been trying to practice that as much as i can by looking at people but it's still hard to remember you know so many cards and yeah and what i found you know, it's, some, it's what's so great about the game. Yeah, for some Sorry. reason, people don't really want to practice that, right? Like, whenever I get together and I'm like, let's exchange decks, they're like, no, man, you're defeating the whole spirit of this game. And I'm like, what? No, I want to practice for tournaments. I want to practice yep. that that skill of you get two minutes, let's figure out what your strategy is and how I can beat that strategy. I think yep. that's going to be almost as important as, like, how good your deck is and how good you are. Maybe mm-hmm. even more important is identifying really quickly how Definitely. to win. Almost every game you see every card in your deck, right? So given that situation, if you know they have bait and switch, it means inevitably they're going to play it. So are you going to play around it? Or can you even? Like I had a, my game yesterday, it was like, I know you have it in your hand. I saw it because I played a card that let me see it. But I have to generate Amber. And what am I just not going to generate Amber and sit around? <laughs> yeah. Like, Playing all that, it's very like Star Wars LCG where they had pods. So if you saw one card in a pod, you saw at least the other five. You knew it automatically. And it's very familiar to that, that you had to constantly kind of keep mental track of what have they played, what is left, how can I play around that? So you're playing not just your opponent, but you're also playing their their deck. Or I guess I should say the other way, not just their deck, but also the opponent and when they're going to play those cards yeah. You know, Neil's really good at that, at holding on to an evidence in principle just to wait until I'm at eight to screw me over or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's good. Like, can you bait those good cards out? Mm-hmm. Are they telegraphing yeah. that they have them by the way they're playing? Or are they next leveling you and pretending to telegraph they have that bait and switch so you don't do the big amber turn and then they don't even have it? Oh, right. so much good right. stuff to do. But you, like, know that they have it because you saw their card at the, like, yeah. that's. I think a lot of people are hesitant to do that now because it's still the quote unquote age of discovery, right? Mm. Like people are still like, what can happen? Yeah. Let me open this deck. Oh, I didn't even know. I think I've opened three decks. and been like, this deck's garbage. And then <laughs> won like three times in a row with it. And been like, I, I, I don't know what I was talking about, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the, the big reasons to practice this skill is I feel the same way. Like I told you, this guy shared me a legit broken deck. I looked at it and I went, I mean, it looks good. It's got library access, it's got key charge, it's not a bad deck, but I've got bait and switch and a whole bunch of other stuff to stop you on your big turn. And he's like, you don't understand, there's no stopping me, I'm just going to do my thing. And I was like, yeah, I'll I'll believe that when I see it. We played it and I was like, I saw it, and I believe it, okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
But just looking at a card, I missed it somehow, which actually, like, I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, I'm pretty good, I think, at evaluating decks on a moment's notice. And that was a real eye-opener for me. I was like, dang, if someone has a new cool idea that I haven't seen before, apparently I'm not quite as good as at identifying that as I thought I was. So, so that, that yeah. was an important thing to note for me personally, which was good. Uh, yeah. Quick aside, just got a text from one John Bruno asking me, where are we playing on Saturday? So yeah, it's on. It's on. Where are you playing on Saturday? Uh, there is a constructed tournament in Northridge. Um, I, I cannot quickly find the place, but it, oh, here we go. Uh, enjoy games and comics in Northridge, California is probably where you'll find me on Saturday, unless we can find a closer place. Because, Tyler, it's my turn to drive. And I keep trying to Jedi mind trick him. And I'm like, John, when do you want to take off since you're driving? He's like, no, no, it is your turn. And I'm like, John, yeah, that's totally fair. And then the next time we talk, I'm like, John, what time are we uh, leaving from your house since you're driving? It's not working. John is way too smart of a guy to Jedi mind trick. So it's not I mean, he is a multiple world champion. Yeah, I don't think he's going to fall for that simple one. But no, keep trying by all means. It's great. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on two fake casts and pretend like I've got broken arms and can't drive. He'll get us there, and then I'll cut him off and be like, psych, I could have driven. Oh, my God. That feels like that makes me a bad person, but uh, I really hate driving, so it might be worth it. Still might be worth it. Well, we'll, we'll call uh, juries out on that. Okay, okay. Try it. Let me know how it goes. Okay. Um, so we are actually out of time today, unfortunately. It's going to have to be a shorter cast. You can blame my daughter if you like. Uh, i got to go pick her up. But thanks so much, Tyler, for coming on. Yeah, you man. will definitely be back. I'm kind of thinking of this as like the SoCal Keyforge show. We're just, we're just going to have a reunions every week with different members of the SoCal community. So uh, next great. time, uh, maybe Tyler will have a real face cam where we can actually see what he looks like. Right now, he's like a what? Minecraft character, what? which is, you know, good enough. I'm in a box. <laughs> I don't know. It's the it's a MacBook's camera. I don't, that was not it. a good advertisement for MacBook, man. I know. At all. It's a new one, too. It's the brand new MacBook Air. Yeah, oh, don't buy wow. it. Apparently. Actually, really buy it. It's super awesome. Okay, there you go. But, we are now apparently sponsored by Mac. No, we're, we're not, yeah. in case they sue us. We're no. absolutely not. Um, all right, so Tyler, uh, where can people find you playing Keyforge? Is there a place you play, and where do people find you on the internet if they want to track you down? Oh man, uh, uh, Google Tyler Stratton, I guess. I'm okay. usually one. Um, okay. I don't. Or specific. you can email me at tylerjstratton at gmail.com. If wow, you you're just giving the world your email. I hope you like yeah. um, uh, uh, spam mail because you're about to get millions about of to them. Get a bunch. Yeah, maybe that was a mistake. But that's hmm. all right. I'm, I've been playing it. It's game time. Uh, over on the west side, and uh, uh, oh, and zero turn zero games is in Koreatown. Cool, I played a couple games there. So, All but, right, uh, yeah, it's well, great. Um, Thanks for having me. It's a uh, great talking about Keyforge. Love the game, love the show. Awesome, Glad to we're so happy to talking. have you. You can find me at Tiny Grimes Games on Twitter. I've actually been streaming a ton lately at Tiny Grimes. I think it's just Tiny Grimes. Um, only for like hour stretches because it'll be like. I put my kids to bed. I got one hour before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I've been streaming some artifacts, some Keyforge, some magic, whatever I'm up for uh, at the moment. And uh, thanks again, ever, once again, everyone who uh, follows on Patreon. And remember, I do have a series where I'm reviewing every card in Keyforge. Uh, it, it's a daily-ish, but uh, I haven't done one in like a week. 
because things have gotten crazy at school. But don't worry, things are lightening up at school. I should do one like every day next week. And we'll see you next week, Archons. Welcome to the Crucible.